welcome to the Tech Meme Right Home for Tuesday, January 11th, 2022. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, Moxie Marlin Spike is stepping down as CEO of Signal. And Brian Acton is stepping up for now. Y Combinator is getting more generous with the investment it makes in its cohort companies. Carriers aren't pleased with Apple's iCloud private relay service. And another day, another headline like this. The Associated Press is getting into NFTs. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Signal CEO Moxie Merlinspike has announced that he is stepping down as the head of Signal. You might remember that we talked about Moxie just yesterday with that big Web3 essay from him from the weekend, but more on that in a second. WhatsApp co-founder Brian Acton will act as the interim CEO of Signal as the search for a permanent replacement begins, though one wonders if that search might lead to Acton himself. You might remember Brian Acton, well, quoting Tony Essieri on Twitter, You might remember him from the time he told everyone to hashtag delete Facebook and left $150 million in stock options behind because he wanted to rage quit that badly. Quoting The Verge. Every day I'm struck by how boundless Signal's potential looks, and I want to bring in someone with fresh energy and commitment to make the most of that, Marlon Spike wrote. I now feel very comfortable replacing myself as CEO based on the team we have, end quote. The company has met with several CEO candidates over the last few months, Marlon Spike wrote, but the search remains ongoing. Founded in 2014, Signal has grown into one of the most trusted and robust apps for encrypted messaging. The service has more than 40 million monthly users and is regularly recommended in security guides. Established as a nonprofit, the company is not supported by advertising or app sales, instead relying on donations and a recently launched sustainer program. The app saw a rush of new users in early 2021 in response to a new privacy policy from its competitor WhatsApp, but the success wasn't without controversy. Workers within Signal raised concerns to The Verge that the company's refusal to maintain content policies could lead to potential misuse of the service. Signal's recent efforts to incorporate cryptocurrency payments through MobileCoin have only heightened those concerns, end quote. Yeah, I don't think we actually talked about this, but Signal employees have been worrying and have been saying out loud that they're worried that their product could increasingly be used by bad actors or even downright evil actors. But that's been something that's bubbling under the surface recently. And if you read that entire essay that we quoted from yesterday, you'll note that Moxie's experiments in NFTs seem to disappoint him. And also note that if you read the details of those experiments, they very much seemed satirical to me. So I think it's unlikely that he will jump to a Web3 startup next, but who knows? As Joseph Men tweeted, quote, one of the biggest contributors to user privacy and security in the past decade has earned a break, end quote. The world's most prestigious startup accelerator slash incubator, Y Combinator, has announced a new standard deal, a $125,000 investment for 7% of a startup in their program, and a further $375,000 at terms founders can negotiate with future investors. In the past, you only got that $125K. And in fact, in the way back days, if you were a YC company, you only got 20K. So, basically, assuring all YC companies get half a million bucks up front at terms the startup is free to negotiate is a fairly big deal. Here's why, quoting the information. 
On Monday, Y Combinator said that in addition to its usual $125,000 investment in startups in exchange for 7% equity, the organization would provide another $375,000 at a valuation determined by a company's later investors. The arrangement, which reflects a trend in venture capital toward much bigger checks, should help founders seeking more cash up front. It's also a boon for YC, which will get more equity ownership in nearly 1,000 startups that graduate from its training programs each year. The individuals and institutions that invest in early-stage companies however, said the New Deal could curtail their investments in graduates from the program because YC is more likely to crowd them out of future deals. Lead seed investors tend to seek at least 10% stakes in startups, with YC getting the right to take additional equity in the financing event following its initial 7% accelerator investment, these early investors say they may find it impossible to get the stakes they want. It's really good for YC, but it's bad for everyone else, including founders, said seed investor Shilmanet, a co-founder of Better Tomorrow Ventures. YC is competition for seed investors, not a partner, end quote. YC's additional 375k comes in the form of an uncapped safe or simple agreement for future equity, with what it dubs a most favored nation clause. This phrase means YC can invest the capital on the best possible terms offered in a subsequent phase of investment, typically the seed round, thus increasing its potential for bigger stakes. Simply put, we're giving the company money now, but at terms you'll negotiate with future investors, YC President Jeff Ralston wrote in a blog post on Monday. Those terms, while welcomed by some founders, could prompt them to restructure their later rounds because YC is in the mix. Leading seed investors who might normally participate might drop out, some of these investors say. For instance, if a seed firm agreed to invest $1 million at an $8 million valuation, an ordinary investment for an early stage round, it would receive 12.5% of the startup equity, and YC's 375k investment would entitle it to a 4% equity ownership. The founder then faces a decision. Give up 16.5%, more than the equity dilution in a typical seed round, or restructure the round with a different lead investor who is willing to take a smaller percentage of equity, but who may be less willing to spend time with the founder. Some seed investors say they'll just avoid such deals. That could be an additional hit to the business of those firms, which typically raise funds smaller than $100 million. Over the last two years, they have already grappled with an increasingly competitive environment as deep-pocketed late-stage investors such as Greylock Partners move upstream to bet on companies earlier in their lifetimes. It just makes it more difficult for small seed funds like us to effectively collaborate with founders without having to over-dilute the founder in a pretty serious way, said Eric Bond, a co-founder of seed firm Hustle Fund, which manages a $33.6 million fund. He expects to continue to invest in YC companies, however, end quote. Now, there's a lot of back and forth online about this, as you might imagine, as to whether or not this is actually a better deal for startups in the end. And a lot of folks who are saying it isn't a good deal are being accused of being competitive investors who fear YC is going to crowd folks out of the best seed stage deals. And now that I am technically a professional seed stage investor myself, I sort of feel obligated to give an opinion, but I have to admit, I'm still mentally more of a founder, if I'm being honest, and I probably always will be. So I just feel like these are really good terms for founders. So good for YC and good for companies in their program. So let me say this. The Ride Home Fund, as you've seen, can provide a unique platform at a unique stage in a company's life. We write small checks, but our superpower is helping companies announce themselves to the world, crafting their founding legend in their own words. We've actually got a company in our portfolio 
already that is in this winter's cohort of Y Combinator, and we are helping them prepare for Demo Day as we speak. So I'm confident that people will still take checks from us. I think what I'm really saying was maybe said best by my fellow Brooklyn investor Charlie O'Donnell, who said on Twitter this morning, quote, find yourself a VC that is willing to have YCs follow on safe in a seed or pre-seed round with you, regardless of how much of your company they'll be able to own. Brooklyn Bridge Ventures has no ownership targets. We just want to pay a fair market price for the stage you're at, end quote. Ditto for the Ride Home Fund. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity, but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop laptop that's had its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride. Real talk. 52% of men over 40 experience some form of ED between the ages of 40 and 70. But it's always been a taboo topic. Thankfully, Hims is changing that by providing affordable access to ED treatment all online. Hims provides access to clinically proven generic alternatives to Viagra and Cialis, up to 95% cheaper with options as low as $2 per dose. The process is simple and 100% online. No uncomfortable doctor's visits. Answer a series of questions on their site and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and in discreet packaging. No insurance needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hims has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down, it's time to change that. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash ride. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash ride for your personalized ED treatment options. Hims dot com slash ride. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. European carriers are apparently voicing opposition to Apple's private relay service as T-Mobile and others begin blocking the VPN-like service in the U.S. and parts of Europe. Quoting 9to5Mac, Apple says that Private Relay is a feature designed to give users another layer of privacy when browsing the web. The first relay is sent through a server maintained by Apple, and the second is a third-party operator. The feature was announced at WWDC last June and initially slated for inclusion in iOS 15. Apple ultimately shipped the feature as a public beta, meaning that it is disabled by default in the newest iOS 15 and macOS Monterey releases. You can manually enable it by going to settings on your iPhone, tapping your name at the top, choosing iCloud, and choosing Using private relay. 
T-Mobile was among the carriers in Europe that signed an open letter expressing concern about the impact of private relay. The carriers wrote that the feature cuts off networks and servers from accessing, quote, vital network data and metadata and could impact operators' ability to efficiently manage telecommunications networks, end quote. In the UK, carriers including T-Mobile, EE, and others have already started blocking private relay usage when connected to cellular data. 9to5Mac has also now confirmed that T-Mobile is extending this policy to the United States. This means that T-Mobile and Sprint users in the United States can no longer use the privacy-preserving iCloud private relay feature when connected to cellular data. An error message in the settings app explains, quote, your cellular plan doesn't support iCloud private relay. With private relay turned off, this network can monitor your internet activity and your IP address is not hidden from known trackers or websites, end quote. The change does not appear to be network-wide just yet, but rather it appears T-Mobile is in the process of rolling it out. This means that some users might still be able to use iCloud Private Relay when connected to their cellular network, at least for now. The situation could also vary based on your location or plan, end quote. At the time of this writing, Apple has not commented on the situation. But Apple did share this, its 2021 highlights, which reveal that developers have made more than $260 billion via the App Store since its inception, up from $200 billion year over year, quoting Mac rumors. App Store customers spent more than ever before between Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve in 2021, with double-digit growth over the same year-ago period. Apple did not disclose a specific dollar amount. Customers used 30 million digital tickets in the Wallet app for sports games, concerts, and other events across the U.S. and Canada in 2021. Apple TV Plus has received 763 award nominations and 190 wins since launching, end quote. And also, by the way, Apple announced it has over 745 million active paid subscriptions across all of its services. And another day, another NFT story. The Associated Press is going to launch a photojournalism NFT marketplace built by blockchain tech provider Zhua. That's X-O-O-A on January 31st with proceeds used to fund its journalism. Quoting The Verge. The AP is billing its foray in NFTs as a way for collectors to, quote, purchase the news agency's award-winning contemporary and historic photojournalism, end quote, and says that the virtual tokens will be released at, quote, broad and inclusive price points, end quote, though it's hard to tell what types of prices resellers will want on the AP marketplace. The news outlet says its system will be built on the environmentally friendly Polygon blockchain and that the NFTs will, quote, include a rich set of original metadata to tell buyers when where and how the photos were taken. It says its first collection, launching January 31st, will include NFTs featuring photos of, quote, space, climate, war, and other images to spotlight the work of specific AP photographers, end quote. AP isn't the first journalistic enterprise to use or express interest in NFTs. Quartz and the New York Times have sold copies of their articles as NFTs, and Getty Images CEO Craig Peters said in December there's, quote, a real opportunity for the company when it comes to NFTs. We probably won't see people debating whether to get a Getty or an AP NFT anytime soon, though, as the former seems to be taking a more wait-and-see approach, with Peters saying that he didn't feel the need to race into the space. So far, though, this does seem like one of the largest NFT-related efforts from a major news source. It doesn't seem like 
AP is trying to sell its NFTs as a metaverse tie-in, either as part of a virtual museum or as decorations in an online accounting office, like other media executives in the music industry may be interested in doing. Its announcement and FAQ make no mention of the metaverse, outside of mentioning that Jua also works with brands on metaverse strategies in the About Jua section, and the project seems entirely aimed at collectors who want to, as the press release puts it, seamlessly buy, sell, and trade official AP digital collectibles through the marketplace, end quote. Buyers will be able to pay for NFTs from the market using either credit cards or Ethereum, AP says MetaMask will be the first wallet supported, but there are plans to add support for others. There will be virtual queues to buy NFTs as they're released by AP with Pulitzer drops containing more limited edition NFTs happening every two weeks. The FAQ says these particular images will, quote, have increased scarcity to preserve their status, end quote. Buyers will be able to resell those NFTs on the site's secondary market. AP says that the proceeds from the NFT sale will be used to fund its journalistic endeavors. It'll also get revenue whenever they're resold on its marketplace. The FAQ says there's a 10% fee associated with reselling, and Jewish spokesperson Lauren Easton told The Verge in an email that the two companies would share that fee. The transaction fees, or gas fees, that Ethereum is infamous for shouldn't add too much to the price of sales as they're significantly lower on Polygon. Easton also told us that the photographers will share in all revenue collected, but didn't specify what their cut would be." End quote. Since I did have to mention the Ride Home Fund today earlier in the show, quick reminder, if you're a startup of any stage and you're looking to have the power of the mutant podcast army behind you, let's talk. Email me at brian at ridehomefund.com. And if you just know of a cool startup that you can put me in touch with in a meaningful way, I can share some of the carry with you for helping me source a deal that I might not have been aware of otherwise. You don't have to be an investor of the fund to do this, or even an accredited investor, or even touch any of your own money. Just AngelList makes it very easy. On a deal-by-deal basis, I check a box and get to decide who I share a little bit of the upside with. So, if that's you, brian at ridehomefund.com. Talk to you tomorrow. 